Welcome, everyone, to that special moment podcast. I am Armand, and today I have the pleasure to have on the show Vicky Piria, a woman with much drive to share. And don't take my word for it, and instead, ask her for a ride. So without further ado, let's listen to her. Vicky Piria, welcome to the show. Hello, Armand. Thank you for having me in the show. Really, really appreciate it. Really happy to be here. Thank you very much. The pleasure is really mine. I have introduced you to the show, and for the people that does not yet know you, and in your own words, who is Wikipedia? Wikipedia is a young Italian girl, 26-year-old girl, that uh, managed, you know, in, in, you know, after a long process to turn her passion into her job, to re- realize her ambition and she is now a racing car driver in Formula 3 and she works with what she loves which are basically cars and race cars so you at basic, the end of the day yes just a simple 26 year old girl <laughs> driving exceptional cars the dream exactly. of every petrol head in the world exactly exactly <laughs> Very nice. Vicky, tell me, um, did you choose to drive cars or it is the cars who choose you? That's a very, a very interesting way to put it because the reality of things is that when I was a kid, I was very passionate about uh, wildlife and animals and I used to go horse riding and that was uh, my sport. Mm-hmm. Then one day my dad... Um, made uh, my brother try a go-kart and when he tries it I said why is he just testing this go-kart I should try it too <laughs> so I tried it and then I absolutely fell for them so in a way probably the car chose me to or the go-kart at the time and from the time you fell in love uh, with cars how did you develop to be one of the uh, most prominent driver well, it was um, it wasn't all easy. It wasn't all, uh, let's say, uh, a normal path. It mm-hmm. has, it has, it still has its ups and, ups and downs. But basically, what happened is that I started go karting when I was more or less eight years old, and you know, a little step at the time. First, my goal was to win the regional championship then it was to go and participate to the Italian championship mm-hmm. then it was to go and do a European race and little step at the time I found myself when I was 15 testing a race car testing a single feature at only 15 years old and then it it was just one thing one thing led uh, to the other mm-hmm. I had really bad years I had years where I did not race where I wasn't competitive I had years where I was very competitive very fast and everything was perfect um but um yeah it's been a long path and now you know after so many years breathing and experiencing this environment this world I am just simply completely happy about it right you mentioned that uh, your brother was the first one to test uh, the cuts and uh, afterwards you like uh, in a way to uh, to balance a thing within the family, you wanted to test it. 
And uh, exactly. what was the reactions of um, your parents? Uh, did they they thought at the time she said, mm, "I think our daughter she has something for cars." Well, um, what shocked my father was that uh, Sunday morning, I used to wake up at 7 a.m. and make him espresso coffee, take it to bed, and start nagging him to go. And I was very committed to it at a very young age. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wanted to, do, wanted to do it and wanted to be fast to do it well. And my dad noticed that it was not just about me having fun driving a go-kart. It was about me that had the desire to be faster and faster to improve (laughs) and to commit to it, even though I was just a little girl. And I think that's what made my dad understand that I really liked it. And then when I was in single features and everything was like exploding for for myself, because, you know, all this drive, these emotions, this adrenaline, such a big deal, you know, a 15 year old girl driving a single feature and then, then my dad just knew that, um, you know, he, he had made the right choices to take me to that point. And uh, in the 21st century, um, is it an asset to be a woman when you want to, to, um, to drive a fast car? Uh, is it the fact that being a woman um, makes you stand out of the crowd and uh, as a result become an asset for the automotive industry? I'd be a hypocrite to say that it would be, it's the same. Obviously, it's not the same being a woman. If it was a man, a man many things would be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, I try to not think about it. I try to not make it a problem. I just play it down, play it easy. But for sure, the immediate attention that I get as a woman is bigger than a man. Uh, but it's also true that media attention is always is never always good news. It's also some bad news. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's not uh, always a positive thing in a way. Uh, driving a cars of um, this much power, okay? This is something that uh, you need to be uh, really uh, uh, careful when you drive because there is not m- much uh, margin for error. And as a result, you need to be very fit, right? So is there a special regimen you, you follow to always pick, to always be uh, at your best um, performance level? Um, it depends very about the race you're doing or the car you're racing. Uh, for instance, if you do an endurance race, the fitness training is different. If you do a sprint race or 30-minute race, then again, it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving a Formula 3 car is very hard on your shoulders, for instance. So mm-hmm. you need to really push and work hard your tro- shoulders, your back, your neck. Uh, if you drive a GT car, you need to work a lot on your cardio and um, having power steering, the strength in your arms and shoulders is not a big deal. So it very depends on what you're racing and also depends on what you need. Um, sometimes we train in a way that maybe that type of training makes us feel stronger, not only physically, but also mentally. The mental side is so important. So, and it comes together with the physical training. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about customizing what you need and customizing what you need 
adapting it to the car you're racing, to the temperature you're racing in, to the weather condition you're racing in, and so on. Understand. Let's talk about an, had, uh, another aspect of the training. And as you probably know, in 2019, I had the pleasure to interview Alex Martinelli, which is the CEO yeah. of Wave Italy, as well as Maurizio Primo from Marketing and yeah. Communication. Tell me why it is so important to use virtual reality for your training. It's incredibly important because um, in many aspects, um, I, I would prefer to do real examples because I always get the feeling that people then understand better. Last year, uh, I raced in W Series and I knew only two tracks on eight. Mm -hmm. And the last two races of W Series were in Aston and in Grand Batch. <laughs> When I went to the simulator before Aston, before Ben Satch, there was a significant difference in my driving, not only in terms of I went in the track and I re already knew my braking point, already knew my reference, my gears, my lines, already knew what to do in the track. Obviously, mm -hmm. never perfect, accurate, you adapt to it, but I had a good idea of what I was supposed to be doing. But also mentally, I went there racing straight away with a good rhythm mental rhythm with a good flow and also that's incredibly important um our sport's very difficult because we can't practice it every day we're not like a football player that can play football every day to be better and better mm -hmm. we really have to make special use of the moments we are in track to to be always better drivers and the simulator is for sure something that helps and especially WAVE, so Alex Martinelli's simulator is really important because not only you get the opportunity to test a really good high-performance simulator, mm -hmm. it also is really good because um, you're working with a driving coach that maybe right. can see things that you are not seeing in that moment, can maybe give you tips that you don't do, or can maybe see maybe a driving style you have that is really working really well for one corner, but it's really bad for another corner. So you can really go and look into the details. And mm. you go to the race weekend that you're really well prepared, but also you feel mentally stronger because you know that you've worked hard for it. So it's, you know, a significant matter of things. Good. And also, how real is virtual reality nowadays and how easy It is to transfer the acquired knowledge to the actual track. It's never going to be 100% real because you cannot simply replicate the G-forces that you have in a real car. It's never going to feel the same, never. Uh, but that does not mean it's easier. Actually, probably it's harder. I find driving a simulator is very much more tiring than driving a real car because it's like your brain has to adapt and transform and make real what's not real. Um, so it's never going to be accurate and it's not accurate, but for sure it does make a difference. So that's, that's pretty much what you need and it's enough. You know, mm -hmm. uh, what you need is something that makes a difference and the simulator does make a difference. Then it's really up to the drivers. You know, some drivers also find good use in home simulator. I, on my hand, struggle a bit with the home simulating. I really need to go in a place like way to be on top. So it really depends on the driver. 
but for yourself, you, you find that you've made, you've made significant improvement using virtual reality. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. But um, in a way, it does not sometimes make things easier because I made significant improvement, but it's an asset that not just me can use. Obviously, all the other drivers some use. So it doesn't mean that, you know, if I use virtual reality, it's going to be easier because also the other drivers are using virtual reality. So simply what it's doing is that it's making the level of the drivers higher, the preparation of the drivers higher, and it's really making us better athletes, better drivers, all of us. Right. And would you recommend virtual reality for me, for example, And what kind of benefit can I, it bring to me for my daily driving? Or it is a complete different world. It doesn't have to do anything one with another. To do, it has nothing to do with normal driving, completely nothing to do with normal driving. But um, it's for sure something that can train really well your concentration, your focus. So if you're passionate about racing, you're passionate about driving, and you want to um, improve your focus, It's a good way to do it, mm-hmm. and 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 a safe way because I believe I could uh, visit uh, the stand quite uh, early in the round. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's in a safe way because you can crash as much as you want, and yeah. nothing's going to happen. That's one of the biggest benefit, no? Yeah. All right. Uh, tell me. Let's speak about uh, your environment, how, how important uh, it is or it has been for you um, to be surrounded with the appropriate people, not only your family encouraging you, but the appropriate uh, people that you mentioned, you have a driving coach, you, I believe you have a fitness coach. How, how, how does it, it compound? Fundamental, because no one gets there by themselves. We all need... We all need support. We all need to improve. We can all learn from other people, especially. Not only your driving coach, but you can learn from your manager. You can learn from your engineer. You can learn from your teammate. You can really do learn from everyone. So having healthy, good support is fundamental. And I don't think it's fundamental just as a sportswoman. It's fundamental in life. Having positive people around Um, because it just elevates you in being a better person and better driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me uh, something. Um, I believe every driver has like his own signature for driving or driving style. Is it something which comes naturally or is it something which is also built with time and listening to... Uh, the advice of your, for example, your uh, driving coach, or everyone has like a, a driving DNA and it sticks from the beginning to the end. It cannot be changed. Uh, I believe everybody can improve. Um, there are a lot of drivers that uh, have not maybe got innate talent, but have worked so hard, so, so hard, and have worked well, you know, in the right way, mm-hmm. that now are in Formula One. And then there are the innate talents that are just, they have it inside. But even the most talented driver has to work hard if he wants to be on the top. So at the end of the day, it's, it's something, um, it really depends on case on case. We all have weak points. We all have strong points. It's all about 
enhancing our strong points and correcting our weak points. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me, uh, uh, why is that you choose uh, to race on track and not, for example, um, uh, race uh, um, like in a rally, which is a completely different... Uh, um, well, I, I found myself racing on, on track and, you know, that's, it's always been natural for me in this way. But mm-hmm. um, if I have to think about it outside this, um, I also love the driving and track because it, it's a mixture of, um, of feelings in a way. I, I'll try to explain it. Um, when you drive a car in qualifying, on a racetrack, mm-hmm. you really have to take out all your inner strength in a way that you have to just sometimes drive and play with the limits. So you have to go and drive a bit with your instinct. But at the same time, it's something so technical, something so precise, something so detailed. You really have to break in that moment. You need to bring that speed. You need to be so precise in your line on you know touching the curbs and everything that on the same time it's not only instinct it's also rules it's also um being really perfect let's say perfect in a way so it's a mixture of feelings that it just makes it so strong in terms of quality mm-hmm. and uh, apart from the, the the sheer pleasure of driving is there something else who brings you as much joy as uh, driving cars? Um, I'm a very passionate person. I really do put passion in a lot in everything I do. It's just the way I have. I love to live life with energy. Mm-hmm. I think energy is the most important thing. And when you, whatever you do, to do it with loads of energy, it's, it's, I just think it's the secret of life. And so I obviously racing is what I love most in the world, but I also love horse riding still. I love water sports. I love um, hiking in the nature. I mm-hmm. love working out in the gym. I just love feeling um, energetic. And so everything that gives me energy and I can give energy to, I do it 100%. Right. Let me... Um now, Vicky, I have a special question that I love to ask my guest. Uh, I would like to know, uh, what is uh, more paralyzing? Is it the fear of failure or the fear of success? That's an interesting question. But let's say that um, when you fear success, it's because you fear failure, because you have success and you're just scared that you won't be up for it you won't be strong enough for it you won't keep up with it you know sometimes it's not about winning the race it's about going to the race after you've won it and still being on top you know Mm -hmm. sometimes you you do a great result and you like oh i wish that the race ended here because i've done a good result and i'm scared i won't be on top again anymore and that's Mm -hmm. a feeling that happens even to me very often Mm-hmm. But um, you just need to learn to play with it, I guess. And and how do you overcome this feeling? You have a special re- recipe that you use, special process. Um, I have my mantra, and my mantra is make it simple. 
when I start overthinking, when I start feeling a bit overwhelmed mm-hmm. of what's happening, I just try to, to put myself and say, make it simple. You're here, you're driving, you know how to drive. Make it simple. Go in track, just think about driving. Go to the engineer and just think about what you want to tell him about the car. I just sometimes playing it down and making it simple is the way to overcome all these situations. Mm-hmm. And how do you block out every distraction? Let's say you have a race, um, you're fully committed learning. to the race. I'm still learning. It's not easy because during a race weekend, you have a lot of distractions. You have the media, you have uh, your manager there, then you have maybe your friend that's come to see you, then you have the interview, you have your teammate that's saying something upsetting or your engineer that's not, you know, um, doesn't agree with you in a way. So there are a lot of things that can distract you and it's very easy to lose focus during the race weekend because then you're also like absorbed like you're in this bubble from Wednesday to Sunday in this racetrack and you just feel that all the rest of the world does not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really overwhelming in a way and it's really easy to get distracted and to be honest, I'm still working on this to be a bit mm-hmm. more focused, not only when I'm racing the car, but also when I'm in the paddle waiting to get in the car. Looking back to uh, your experience, uh, which is quite amazing uh, because it started very early, uh, ever thought about uh, writing a book? Um, I had someone to, that proposed it to me not even long ago, just a few weeks ago. And um, when I thought about it, I just, I just believe that I'm not ready yet. I still believe that I have so many chapters to to live, that it's a bit early for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, th- there is also different steps um, when you write books. You know, you can uh, maybe write a book about uh, your experience or give some advice to uh, young uh, women who would like to um, to prepare themselves for driving. So you can explain them what was your I process so. or what you would have done differently or what kind of things is really important if they have the passion to pursue this uh, this route. That's true. That's true. But I still think that um, I myself have so much still to learn that mm-hmm. I, it's just not the right moment now, probably. All right. So it's a, it's a, it's just, it's a thought right now. It might be okay. a, yeah. a project later on, but from... Exactly. Now it's for a sure. Good. So you're living in a, in a fast-paced environment, all right? So I believe when you get out from this environment, you need to chill out. So I would like to know if you have any specific wine you like to drink when chilling out. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, I live... <laughs> Um, I live, as you know, a really fast life, and that's also how I live anything I do. And uh, I live in the moment in Umbria, which is in the central part of Italy, which is known uh, for olive oil, but also for wine. So Mm -hmm. um, I love a nice, uh, deep, strong red wine. I also like um, my white uh, bollicine, (laughs) that's the way you call them here. So... 
are Prosecco, Sanchecos or whatever. So definitely I, I love wine and also I love the story that's always behind it, you know, the, the history and, well, you know, a glass of red wine living in the countryside um, where everything is easy. It's really something that helps me for sure. Any recommendation, specific red wine you want to share with uh, the audience? Well, where I live... Um, what is the best wine where, really, I, where you live? In my area, there's a Sagrantino di Montefalco, which is really good, and I suggest it to you guys. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so anyone who wants to chill out uh, with a good uh, Italian red wine, so follow the advice yeah. of Vicky, please. Please, yes. Please, yeah. please, yes. <laughs> and also uh, for, for the people listening to us, so you have understood, a red wine with a red car. A red wine with a red car? Yes. Which I is, have uh, to, well, Ferrari, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the red you car know, and so Ferrari, that, that, um, that thing he said, he said that if you ask any kid to draw a car, he will draw it red. And I do believe it's true because when I was a kid, every car I was drawing, it was red. It's the color of passion. Exactly. Uh, tell me, Vicky, is there a topic you would like to share with the audience? Um, something that is close to your heart and that we haven't touched so far? Um, just simply that um, I think And I wish uh, there was a bit more awareness, not only of women in motorsport, but simply of motorsport and what, you know, all around it, uh, because there's not just Formula One, there's not just Ferrari, there's Formula Three, there's W Series. And, uh, you know, being a female driver in a world like this, it's really a big responsibility for me because when I was a kid, uh, I did not have female examples uh, to follow. Uh, when I was racing go-karts, there were no females or nearly none in formula cars. So it was something for me that mm, didn't cross my mind, you know, because I didn't have an example and all of us need positive examples because when we see someone that has is successful, We, it triggers in our mind the mindset that says, okay, if he's successful, I can be successful. So uh, what I'm trying to do is to give an example to all the younger girls that, were, that are go-karting just like I was when I was a kid and be an example and say, look, if she's doing something special in a way, I can do it too. And mm -hmm. that's the importance of, you know, being a female in a male-dominated sport. Mm -hmm. Did you think that uh, um, persons uh, just are um, looking at the gender of the person and not at uh, the quality of the person? In your example, for um, example, do you, do you think this is so a woman instead of seeing a driver behind a woman? Uh, it happens. But to be honest, within my environment, within racing environment, mm -hmm. within, you know, the people I work with, so mechanics, engineers, but also, you know, when I'm filming a review of a car or something, uh, all, all this 
go, we all go over this. And, and I, I feel that when they're looking at me, they're looking at me as a driver, not as a female driver. It's all about getting myself known. Uh, if it's someone that I do not know, I it, sometimes I get that feeling. But once they get to know me, uh, I'm sure I can make them understand how committed and professional I am in what I do because I simply love it. Yes, good. Follow your heart. Follow your passion. Follow what exactly. you what you love. And make it important. simple along the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, is there a question that I did not ask and you would have loved, I ask? To be honest, no, Armand. You were really, really good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. So I, I think with what you said, we can close on a, on a positive note. So before that, for the people interested to know you, have more information about Wikipedia, where can they find that information? Uh, well, everyone, I'm racing in W series, so make sure you follow it uh, next year. Uh, unfortunately, now this year it's been a bit a tough year for everyone. Uh, and also my social media channels, obviously, because that's the easiest way. Uh, I have Instagram, and it's Wikipedia. Uh, Twitter, which is always Wikipedia, and Facebook, which is always Wikipedia. So it's pretty easy. You know, once you get it the first time, you find it all over. Good. <laughs> really good. So, Vicky, I would like to thank you for this special moment we spent together and I wish you the success you rightly so deserve. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being uh, a fantastic guest on the show. Bye-bye now. Ciao, ciao.